Hey guys, welcome back to the Rack and Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and as usual, we're at the AMC Theater, and tonight we're gonna see the Goldfinch. The Goldfinch. And uh, the cinematographer of this uh, uh, movie is a favorite of yours, right? Favorite, yeah. Yeah, Roger Deakins. Um, I will see everything that he shoots. So what's your favorite of the stuff you've seen that he shot? Uh, so as far as movies go, like the, like the entire movies that sure. I really like, um, including the cinematography, I love A Brother Where Art Thou. Great. Uh, I love Skyfall. Um, I love Prisoners, which that okay. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, yeah. uh -huh. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal film. Um, uh, most recent Blade Runner 2049. Which so, is so glad beautiful. he won for that, finally. Right. Um, there's, I mean, he's done every, uh, Fargo. Like he works with the Coen brothers pretty extensively. Um, yeah, just love. I love almost everything he does. So I asked for your favorite, and you listed like. I listed things. a whole bunch of things. Yeah, it's because it's so hard to choose. As far as visuals go, I think uh, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is is some of his best work. It's breathtaking. Yeah, right? it is. Bre it is absolutely stunning. So that's probably one of my favorites. For well, let's go in and check this out uh, and yeah. see if this matches up to the list. Let's you've see if it holds set. up. All right. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. So the Goldfinch. What a journey that was. Let me fix this mic. Yeah, as journeys go, it was a journey. There was a couple of journeys. There's a there's a lot of movie in that movie. There was a lot of movie in that movie. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, uh, initial impressions. What did you think? So I thought it was beautiful to look at straight up from mm. the top. You know, the call about cinematography. Yeah. There's no question at all. Yeah. And image after image after image was beautiful. And we'll yeah. probably talk about them later on. Yeah. Uh, so that's initial uh, response. Yeah. I thought there was some really, really good acting in it. Um, from who specifically? Jeffrey Wright, I thought. I love Jeffrey Wright. Uh, uh, I was going to say that. Yeah. He was dumbfounding. Yeah. I love Jeffrey Wright. I love younger Jeffrey Wright. I love older Jeffrey Wright yeah. in this movie. Uh, same with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, thought um, yeah. a really nice work. Yeah. Uh, very specific that 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 first moment when she's talking, when he's returned to her and her mouth is different and he was aged when she's yeah, aged. Yeah, and yeah. there is this change in the way she was forming letters and words. It was just at, although yeah. from the same arc of behavior, I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love the acting. Even the kids, I was. Um, there are moments where actually, when I was, you know, watching the kids act, um, I wasn't sure like if if it was the kids' delivery of the line or if it was just the way the line was written because this is based off of a book. Uh, right. If right. this is actual, just taken out of the book. And sometimes when you're reading a book, the line sounds good in a book, but it doesn't translate correctly to the screen. So sometimes I, I felt like there were some lines in the movie that were said. It was like, this sounds like it's out of a book. Verse. real. But I also am not part of the, um, what feels like an aristocratic world of uh, a, a, a wealthy, rich yeah. New Yorkers, you know? So maybe that's how they speak, and I just... Well, it certainly of reeked that, right? of that intellectual, uh -huh. aristocratic, yeah. financially old money elite. Yes, it did yeah. reek of that yeah. throughout. Um, and but it didn't turn me off. You know, right. like that. I think that world has a way of turning middle class and other people off. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was like, it'd be nice if I could afford a suit like that and wear a suit every day. And but it, and live in a nice 
don't know, mansion uh, yeah. in the middle of New York City. Yeah, amazing. Never, ever will I be able to so, do that. But So what did you like? Um, again, I love the cinematography. Um, there, uh, I love the parallels between the, um, the, the, the younger world and the older world of, um, I can't even think of his name right now. What's his name? What's the main character's name? Can you think of his uh, name? It's, there's no way that's going to come out of my mouth. I'm many years did older he, than me. And have, did he, did they, well, they, well, Boris called him Potter. Right. I can't think of his name for the life of me right now, but, um, Gosh. Well, we'll look Damn, we're going to look that up real quick. Okay, I, can't we'll look get, I can't continue talking about the movie. Unless no, we, we probably name. just want to open it up. Holy it's cow. two and a half hours worth of movie. First viewing. Well, and it, it's, is, it's so POV from him, right? That like, nobody. So I wisely put IMDb right on my phone. That's a, so. Yes, I have it here too. Uh, uh, yeah, Theo. Theo, Theo, Theo. That's right. Uh, the only time you ever, I feel like I ever really hear his name is when he introduces himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go. Okay. So, so you have Ansel Elgort as adult Theo and Oakes Fegley as, as young Theo. And I, I have seen um, Oakes somewhere before, and I, I could not figure out where. And I, I still can't figure out where. I don't know what I've seen him, what I've seen him in. But uh, I thought the casting between the two um, are like spot all on. The pairs, all the pairs. All the pairs. Yeah. Really extraordinary. And I want to know who they cast first to. to um, to match, right? Because uh, I did not, ex- I actually did not expect Finn Wolfhard to play a Ukrainian, uh, Russian right. uh, guy, right? Like yeah. when I heard his accent come up, it was completely threw me off for a second. I, well, I did not buy it 100% at the beginning of his performance. Uh, I agree. Completely. I was 100% in by the end of his performance. I think they cast him second for the adult Boris. The, the mannerisms between the two of them were the most clearly linked uh-huh. mannerisms because the trauma mm-hmm. for Theo is such that we see the mannerisms in the trauma but when we're not, yeah. there's some distinction, right? Because he yeah. turns into that casual kid for yeah, a while, whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, for uh, for Finn, certainly it felt like the older Boris's mannerisms were really yeah. similar. Yeah, it, it was almost like they cast Finn knowing that his hair was similar and that he was just as pale and could uh, could probably act well enough to match right, exactly. to match the adult performance. Um, yeah, the kid's got a career, I think, if he sticks yeah. with it. Yeah, he's picking better roles than yeah. Amelia Clark is. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, that trailer but, was not well, something I want to see. We can Last do that Christmas later. is not right, whatever. Right, right, right. Um, so I loved that. Um, there's <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole another movie in this movie that I need I need to watch the all two and a half hours of it again to break down all of the symbolism. All of the moments that just I missed, um, because it is just a drama from start to finish. Um, not the, mo- I mean, the most action-packed part was the end, and it's only because of the way they edited the the end. Uh, yeah, it was very fast, quick cuts. Uh, you had to infer like what was, what was kind of happening. Um, what I what I really loved about the movie though is that they took their time. Right. Uh, and I feel like that was a big Amazon Studios. Uh, decision like we're just gonna let the filmmakers take their time with the movie because Warner Bros isn't gonna let you do that right uh, so I loved the fact that it was actually two and a half hours and I was not bored but, yeah I was so invested 
Um, and I was so invested that I forgot to listen to the music and I forgot to pay attention to the production design. I get so sucked into the story right. that I forget to look at all of these things. Every once in a while, a shot would pop out to me, and I know Roger Deakins would probably hate me for saying that, that a shot actually sticks out. Yeah, but... Uh, but it, uh, it, because I went in knowing that he shot this, <laughs> I was like, I need, to, I need to break these. I want to look at these images more clearly, so... Well, I mean, I'll say that I agree with you the luxury that Amazon undoubtedly let these people have and you don't get the vibe that this movie has audience approval ratings that are managing the yeah. way it works yeah, right right uh, they're in you know we're in the spoiler zone right now and some of the things at the end could certainly be construed as positive twists on things but it doesn't feel that way at all it's a it's a clear arc and it's left to do it's it's left <laughs> ah, sorry about that folks it's left to do its work and, yeah. I, and I thought that was spectacular the, it's interesting to me that this is a movie that intermingles these old and young plots and the transition points were nicely done mm -hmm. nor perfect but they were nicely done yeah. but both stories neither story felt over long when you say they weren't perfect do you mean they were they were in the wrong place in this in the movie, or they were just jarring to go back and forth? They, it was a for me the waking up out of the dream slash moment. There wasn't a direct connection okay. between why the waking up was taking place. It okay. was a transition point that needed to happen. It, it, and you said something about the dialogue being in a novel. This thing is a novel, right? Yeah. Amazon Studios doing it is a, a the, the book company uh -huh. and the movie co and then there right. certainly is a strong sense of yeah. novel and those are chapter breaks and they felt very clearly or yeah, book breaks right. or book, book breaks, breaks, right? right, right. right. And, and and so they don't necessarily function as well from a dramatic standpoint. But that's not uh -huh. I'm not saying like slap the movie in the face oh, no, no, saying no, like as sure. things yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. You know, when he would pop out of that bed as right, that's older chap, that's Theo, the beginning of the next chapter, right? As older right. Theo uh, from the younger Theo moment, sometimes those felt like they were the best choice from a novel right. transition, as opposed to right. uh, uh, the uh, the director or writer saying, "Oh, I got a really good idea." Did you like the timelines? Like, did you like that they? I mean, without it, it would have felt empty. Like without it, like yeah, they, you needed both timelines. That uh, would not right. have been happening a clear almost story. concurrently. Right. right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure at one point. I, I was confused for a second. Of it was this non-linear? I thought they were going a non-linear route, and then I realized it. And it's only because the kid wore that same sweater like throughout the yeah, entire yeah. film, and that was obviously very purposeful. Like I, th I think he was wearing that when he was in the uh, yes in the explosion. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a lot. There was a lot of things like that. But a moment that really stuck out to me, and I would love to hear what stuck out to you as far as yeah, like yeah. A, a moment in the script. Um, moment that stuck out to me from the beginning throughout the rest of the film was the entire um, chair analogy sort of thing. That the, the determination of uh, or uh, the determining of what is uh, authentic antique and what is a what is a, a replica uh, replica right, right. Uh, what is a re, what do they call it? a reproduction a reproduction um, right as opposed to a fake and the difference yes. between reproduction fake and right. a and replica uh, fake yes what's a reproduction original. and what is a, what is a fake right. right a fake is when you're trying to pass it off as as real as something is real and a reproduction is just a reproduction of that same product um, so that entire thing I was thinking about it throughout the entire film and the uh, symbolism that is attached to the uh, you know the the bumps of the antique and the journey that it goes through and how it translates to the the goldfinch and the painting and 
to his life and the fact that like doesn't matter like you've been through an explosion you know in the same way this painting's been through fires and, ex- and explosions right, and survived and survived like you're gonna survive as well this the bumps that are in the real chair in the wood it they're bumps that, that you age over time in the same way that we see Jeffrey Wright age and Nicole Kidman age and they've gone through the trauma of losing a business partner and the trauma of losing um, a son and, and a husband, husband and and all of that like those are the bumps that are in the the chair in your life and like you don't I mean spoilers you should have known that by now um, the the spoiler of him trying to kill himself at the end is like I've had I've had such a rough patch in my life for like death seems to just follow the man everywhere he goes absolutely um, it's like the grim reaper is right behind him at all turns uh, he's like I'm just gonna be done I'm just gonna be done but like your bumps in your life don't dictate the choices you make you know um, so well, and that thought, idea yeah. of him being an, uh, by virtue of that he's aged and he's the yeah. real and has an authentic life and I think Boris right. says that thing about it's just life it's fate it's life right. and it's like an authentic life that's like what he said as a kid lives. he says that right, right. As, as a kid a, he, he right. cheers and he says that's it's life right right yeah, and then like at that, the end so. it's that same that callback that mm-hmm. is much more about right. the fact that when now he's in that place where he's he's gone through all that process and he really is a person a real yeah. person uh, and you know he does parallel that right painting throughout oh he you does know, yeah he did the, that parallel and that's from the literature you of, know right. the, the novel's gonna is gonna draw out those kind of connections but that's great I think that's a great analysis yeah loved it uh, was there any scenes that really popped out to you that stuck out to you that remained so for me, the uh, I was I was struck by the things that you said that you weren't looking at. So I was struck by production design. <laughs> and I was struck by uh-huh. costume design yeah. at the end oh, yeah. in the credits, right? And it's super spoilers, I guess, because I'm talking about the credits. But when the credits roll, we see the first listed names after director and you know screenwriter is production right. design mm-hmm. and costume design, and I, for a, for what amounts to contemporary clothing. Yeah, uh, the costume design was spectacular. Yeah. It, it spoke throughout. Everyone's clothes spoke specifically to who they were. Yeah. You know, when we see Theo at the end, he's in the same kind of costume as uh, uh, what's his name, Black uh, Boris. Bo- no, no. Uh, the, uh, oh, Blackburn. Bra- Blackburn. Black- he's in the Blackwell. same. Blackwell. He's Blackwell. He's in the same costume mm-hmm. essentially that he was in in the the exp- the explosion. You know, he's sitting the same way just before he lays down on the bed. Like, there's all of these images. Yeah. But the the costume design, I thought, the if just for color tone, if just for the way the colors work. Yeah. But in addition, the production design, the detail work on the world these people were living yeah. was gorgeous and effortless on screen. Now, that yeah. I understand what goes into that, but right. those prop choices, the pieces of art on the wall the the way the you know the Ozma of Oz book looks all of those things are were so absolutely beautiful right uh, and, yeah, I agree. and and that to me really helped the movie sing the, these characters were beautifully um, uh, beautifully placed within a world you know yeah oh yeah I mean even going into um, each each um each place was just so starkly different, yep. and that's something that uh, that's something that is obviously uh, production design, 
but also uh, uh, Roger Deakins' cinematography. Absolutely. And so you go from you go from uh, Hobart and, and Blackwell's uh, shop into you know this dining area, living kitchen room sort of thing, and the colors have changed mm -hmm. a little bit. But then you step into Pippa's room, and it's much warmer, right. and it's not as cluttered, but there's things hanging on the walls, and you just get this warm tone. Uh, and I loved the shot. I loved the pan from her on the bed over to her her her, her table on uh, her side table, and then the tilt up to reveal the the Wizard of Oz yeah. poster uh, uh, painting or whatever it was that was hanging there. Um, yeah, it was like a, a yeah. play a poster for a play, play version, or something, a movie right? Version, yeah, something play version. And, and so, like the production design in her room, like the entire room was just like this is one hundred percent. I knew her personality from her room. I knew what she liked to do. I knew her hop, and you knew her hobbies was music before he even started talking about music because there's a music standout. You know, right. she loved listening to music because of the the iPod that was sitting there before she even picked it up. Yeah. Um, and you got a sense of what she liked. That she was also a kindred spirit to him of these old things with the Wizard of Oz. Uh, so yeah, it was it was beautifully done all around. Yeah, you know the the pool in uh, Nevada. Uh -huh. uh, well, I mean the the houses, the literally the drive up the houses that there's yep. that line uh, that uh, Boris says about the desert taking over again. Yeah, and you've seen it, so right. he isn't making. It's you know so often like in a movie when you're shorthanding something yeah. you say it so you don't have to show it right. but we've already seen that happening and yeah. then he summarizes what we've been seeing he just reminds you that right. yeah right all these foreclosed houses uh, there's sand blowing sand everywhere right it's just I mean it's really quite yeah. lovely pools are empty nobody is anywhere you don't see any cars driving up they drop them off the bus at a freaking yeah. dirt road and they gotta yeah. walk and they gotta the, walk they gotta walk through the desert the just to get to the house that they don't right that neither they're not going to the same like they're both going to their own home that right. first day and right they must live in the same like development but just on opposite <laughs> sides spokes, or something right, right? Or something. like um, and there's the one shot that again there's just a few shots that come back to me and he's standing out the drive when he looks to his right and then he looks over to his left at the dead end of a street oh, right, that he's yeah. on I'm like this is such like well and that's when shot. you see Deacon's yeah. Uh, cinematography yeah the, the that moment with the desert and the sort of blocked road right. sign yep. the the overhead shot at the pool yep. when they're we're looking down at them with the right, shadows down, yeah oh my goodness gracious it's Just also good spectacular and the, it, this happened more than once people disappearing into whether it was out of focus, focus or smoke the smoke yeah. really and when mm -hmm. two mothers walk that way into yeah. smoke you really are speaking visually in a way that requires the time. You couldn't do that if you're rushing through. It to make takes this his film. time, and and you knew I felt like a lot of it was based around the shots. Like he, they, they wanted to evoke an emotion through the shots. They wanted you to think about what you're visually seeing and how does this how does this translate to the script, to the writing, to the acting, to the direction. What is what is happening? Uh, and I mean, the reason I love Deacons is because he does take his time with mm -hmm. that, and he. Um, if you if you waited in the credits to see the cam ops, he's cam op A. He cam ops everything, um, and so like he's in full control of his of his image, um, and he's in full control of his lighting. Like the lighting in this, I think of the candlelit dinner scene. Like I would be convinced one hundred percent that he lit that only with 
candles on, yeah. on the table and mm -hmm. then uh, you know just the bokeh in the background um, long lenses the focal length the choices changed uh, he they were mainly it felt like they were mainly on uh, some longer lenses mm -hmm. um, every once in a while dropping to like a 35 but I didn't see anything distorted mm -hmm. um, no things felt very much in a frame right yeah like, like a painting like very much in a frame yeah I love the fact that from a lighting perspective too that the outside is was blown out often uh -huh. and so we we were it wasn't this artificial everything falls right. within the range of the light of the camera right the windows were blown out sometimes yeah, or, and, and yeah, there's right, that one moment where Jeffrey Wright is in a doorway and he is lit correctly in the blown out light yeah like a lesser cinematographer we would have seen you know some kind of blooming or like right. an arc around right. him or whatever right. like, you'd have this chromatic aberration especially that would be, right. with an african-american actor and yeah just an absolutely beautiful moment he looks like sculpture in this white it, Deacon's images really are paintings in themselves mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I think he was the right cinematographer for this job I don't think I don't think somebody else would have done it just it wouldn't have it wouldn't have felt the same um, you know, even even Jeffrey Wright sitting there at the end, waiting for him to come yep. back in after Reeves came in and and, and accused him of, of stealing the uh, the painting. Um, you know, he's sitting there and it's just like orange tones, and it, there's a lot of there's a lot of shadows and contrast, but there's just the composition and the shot choice. Is, oh, just it yeah. just feels so right. And know? I don't want to undercut the blocking the director's no, yeah, doing yeah, as yeah. well. There were the, in the, that's a great moment where mm -hmm. you know the choice of where we're placing the camera in relationship to the actors, yeah. and he's framed, and and his, they, the bodies were never that when we found people, it appeared as if they were in action, mm. even if that action was mourning or pain or whatever. Yeah. And and we saw over and over again, you know, uh, Nicole Kidman in the bed when right. Theo returns, that, that felt, it was a living space, yeah. not a cut into a new environment. Right. And, and over and over we, we found that happen. Uh, in fact, the, you know, the weird, the most jarring one of those moments was Pippa's return. That was the one that was weird to me when Pippa and her boyfriend right. were there. That's the only place I felt was less honest in those kind of transitional moments. But the rest of it, I mean, even when he finds Boris again, it's this yeah, super yeah, yeah. beautiful bar. Yeah. And then this weird bit of blocking with a guy bringing food and. Right. I mean, just. I yeah. Mean, the, it, it, I'm, I'm, I mean. Just choosing where to place actors is so difficult, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're thinking about what is my framing going to be. What is all? Um, even the you know I think about um, when they come back in Boris and Theo after the, uh, when they find out that uh, Luke Wilson's his dad has, has right. been killed in a car crash or whatever. If maybe he really didn't, I don't really know. Whatever. whatever. The blocking of the couple girls on the couch and Sarah Paulson's character uh, Xander. 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 Xander, yeah, well, uh, and was it Xander, Xander I, I don't know, uh, and uh, uh, like just there, just the, the the way they moved around the space and like just all of that stuff. Um, the, I mean, the shot through the window with Boris's dad beating oh, him there. Uh, like, there's just there's just so many. It's such a it's a physical movie for a drama. I mm -hmm. think uh, there's just a lot of movement because I think when I think of a drama, and I think a lot of people might feel the same way. I think of a lot of discussion. 
and people kind of just sitting there and talking and close ups of people and yes. over the shoulder yeah. reverse shot shot there was shot, not a not lot of that really present there no. and and that's something that Deacon's he, I'm I was surprised to honestly see over the shoulders because he doesn't do that often he he will put the camera we're having a conversation he'll put the camera here on you he'll turn around right. place it on me he doesn't like the mm -hmm. but it was necessary for this film to frame. It, people and yeah and also those those intimacy of connections mm -hmm. because this movie is really about these people's yeah. broken damaged lives and we need to see them in proximity it, right. so that they don't feel isolated because this isn't a movie about isolation right. it's a movie about self-isolation self-isolation right. so they need to keep seeing we need to keep seeing them together yeah uh, which I think I think works um, yeah man uh, we could probably talk about this for longer we got only yeah we have like a couple of five so, minutes uh, or something had, yeah uh, how do you want to? Um, how, how would you recommend this movie? How would you? What do you think? Yeah, so Talk I to think uh, I'm going to be really honest. This is so. This is a movie you should see in a theater. Yeah. Right. This is like a must see in a theater. Yeah. But I think most people are going to see it on Amazon when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Right. On Amazon probably. And so, from my perspective, for whoever's listening, if you haven't seen it in a theater, and you're listening to us, you know. If watching on this Amazon is acceptable. Although I will say this, the sound design in this, the the is startling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the use of and this, and I'm off track again. And I'm getting distracted. <laughs> no, go for but it. But there were moments where objects encountered space, whether yep. it was shoes or a cup yep. or whatever. That the sound was mixed and EQ'd in a way that it was both naturalistic mm -hmm. and not common. Things felt rich. The world felt rich. There was one moment, and so, I think it was a cup that was in Jeffrey Wright's house that was put down, where the bass in the sound was absolutely yeah. beautiful. All of the sounds around snorting or crushing, any of those right. things. The detail work in the sound and the fact that it wasn't invasive. It was just an accent to the experience. Right. And that's, again, uh, both the director making choices and some talented sound person whose name I don't know because they worked right away at the end of the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, doing yeah, really I, great work. I, I want to go back and listen and watch everything over again. Uh, I, I want to pay attention to the cinematography more. I want to pay attention to the where the you know the, the debris was laid in the. Mm -hmm. No, you know for you're passing sure. over a boot that flew off a woman probably. With well, maybe his away. mom. Right, exactly. He's stepping over all these things. Um, like I just I want to see more. I want to I want to I want to stop each frame and take a look at everything because it really is everything is really so detailed, uh, and the sound was not something I paid attention to. And I think the music was something I wanted to pay more attention to, uh, and it was just it didn't feel too uh, abrasive, really, kind of telling you. I think the last couple well, there movies was we've tons gone of to, silent, right? yes, yeah, there was, but the last couple movies I think we've gone to. There's been a lot of um, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell no, you with the right. music. Yeah. Um, this was very like just underneath, and a lot of it was piano. I think, from what I can remember. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a lot of piano, and there was a lot of classical reference music yeah. and all of yeah, that. Yeah, very. So. It fit the piece. It fit mm -hmm. the the high uh, class sort of. So I'm I'm a definitely see it. Go in the see it in the theater. Uh, I'm I'm kind of on that same line of the reason to see it in the theater is to see the stunning imagery and okay. to get the better sound right. and to. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think overall, I would really enjoy watching this on a 50-inch television at home. Yeah. 
Um, with your lights down. With my lights down, yeah, exactly. Like, this is not a place where you're going to let the TV yeah, manage your yeah, yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. It's not a place exactly. where you're going to uh, Don't have lights you. on in the room. Turn, yeah, well, turn yes, off your auto. Whatever. But, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is one where you really want to let this the is film a, this do is a, This is not a movie you're just going to watch, either. Like, this comes on TV or something. You're not just going to sit down and watch The Goldfinch, you know, and catch it half you know, halfway through, like I'll do with the Shawshank Redemption, you won't do that. But I will do that. Uh, the Goldfinch is like, you're going to sit down and you're dedicated to two and a half hours of a good story. Um, and I think like, that's what I like about movies like this is, uh, and I think it's lost sometimes, like we want the entertainment value, yeah. but I just love being able to sit and just watch this person's life unfold in front of me sometimes. So. Well, and looking at a painting is about taking your time, and this movie is, requires yeah. the same thing. And so, like, to the audience watching or listening, that's when we do our spoiler-free, we'll definitely say this, it's two and a half hours. Yeah. And so you're you're committing to something, and you need to know that ahead of time without it being a threat. Yeah. It, it's not a threat. Exactly. Uh, one word answer for yeah. this. Oscar buzz. Will it, will it be in there, yes or no? Um, I think no. Okay. Because I think Amazon's gonna sync some of that with people in Hollywood. Okay, I think yes. Okay, I think there. I think I'm gonna predict a Best Picture nom for this. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, that, Let's see if I'm right. It reminded me of the talented Mr. Ripley. I'm gonna say okay. that in my head. Matt Damon. And yeah. it reminded me of that in some ways, and that falls into that category. Yeah. So maybe we'll see. Thank you guys for listening and watching to the Racking Focus podcast. We'd love for you guys to uh, join us in the conversation. You can head to rackingfocuspodcast.com to find out uh, all of our social channels, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and join our uh, private Facebook community where we discuss uh, really only movies in that community. But we'd love for you to join and, and join in on the conversation. And we really want to make sure that when you go to our website, you're able to look at what we're seeing next so you can see the next movie, so you can go see them, so you can be part of the conversation actively as we go along. And remember, a review on Apple Podcasts is crucial. We know we're doing a decent job now, and we know we're seeing good films. We just need people to hear about it, and that's about you who care about us writing a review and getting folks to yes, listen. Yes, please share with your friends. If you have a movie lover in your life, share this podcast with them. Uh, and if you're listening or watching wherever you're, where you're watching, maybe take a screenshot on your phone and, and tag us on Instagram, post it to your stories or something. It would be lovely. We'd to love to see what you're listening to and watching. So, um, next movie is... Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Brad Pitt in space trying to find Tommy Lee Jones, it feels like. So, that's it. Oh, we'll see. Then we'll yeah, see. We'll it. see where we'll we go see, next. Yeah. And if, in fact, uh, well, no, that's it. Let's that's just it. go. Let's just All go. right, when we start the that's car? It. We're done. You don't have uh, keys. I don't have keys. Keys are down right, here. Well, let's just get out of here. Go. All right. That's I'll it. Just it's walk good. Home. I need something to drink anyway. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.